What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Panthers Nation Network. You know, I said there was all those ones, all those games that I had on my schedule that I wanted to win because we had we needed to win for, you know, just dexterity or just for morale, peace of mind, statement wins. And the Broncos was one of those just because it's the Broncos. You always want to beat the Broncos. And then the Seahawks was another one because you always want to beat the Seahawks. Steelers was the other one. And, 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 and last, even with the win last week, Steelers jumped so much higher on the list. And I think we just got two in our heads. We flew too close to the sun. Protect the bank was not the right week to implement this model going in front of the Steelers. That was not good marketing on anyone's on any front. I don't know what they were doing. That that only set you up for disaster. Man, it was one of those games, bro. One perfect trap game, like you said. We came in. I was hyped. I didn't get to be on the show last week, but I was very hyped for this game going into the week. I was, I was, you know, we, we I think we all believed the hype. I think we were smelling ourselves a little bit, and we got a dose of reality that. This team is still very much far away from being competitive against, you know, the best teams, much less the team that we thought we were all, we were on par with. Exactly. And I think this is one of the biggest things that, I mean, people have been unfairly, unfairly and unnecessarily putting the blame on Wilkes. And I'm not saying that there shouldn't be blame put on him, but come on now. Like, we, 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 we've been with Rule for this long, and you're treating him worse than you treated Rule then his entire tenure, like, what do you expect him to do in this in this point in time? I said the exact. I, I got on Twitter and said the exact same thing. I'm like, dog, in, in two months we turn on this. We turn on this man so many times, and he's four and five. He's like, four and five with a roster he didn't build, a coaching staff he didn't hire, and I know people was like, well, why didn't he? Why didn't he get better? Get rid of Ben McAdoo? I said, I don't think y'all understand how hard it is to flip offensive philosophy in the middle of, of a season defense a lot different you can change things up here and there and you can get you can get different things get different results on defense offensively fam you you know think about how much goes into an offensive playbook just one play call i said if you hear one play call read out loud to you it sounds like algebra do you think you can change that entire system in the matter of a couple weeks in in season can't do it that's why mcadoo's still there but he's had but he's made do with what he's got and again, like you said, we're not giving excuses because there are things that definitely went wrong for the coaching perspective that could have helped us out yesterday. But I, from what I've seen from from Steve Wilkes, he's made do with what he's had and he's made the most of what he's had give, give, given the circumstances. I, I think we got to definitely sit back and kind of, you know, be a little bit more, be a lot more realistic about what we've gotten out of this team thus far. Absolutely. And I think really this is the, the biggest thing about this game is because in terms of the opponents we've had during Wilkes tenure, he just got out coached. Like this is the first time he just really got out coached and not in a strategic way, but Mike Tomlin is just going to run it up your throat. He's going to attack you at your weak points. He's going to make it to where you have to sit on your heels and do the things you don't want to do, like running the ball 16 times the entire game. It's nothing we've ever done before. So I think he just got out coached by one of the best coaches of our era who's trying to claw every tooth and nail to not have a losing record for the first time. He does not want that. And he knows he's not going to be in the, in the playoffs. He knows that. And it stings a little bit more because it's Mitch Trubisky. And under center. I, think, I think people got a little bit too you know big for their britches when they thought that he was going to be the one under center. And I think, again, we talked about it beforehand. People need to go back to last week and understand, you know, with our run defense. They've seen our run defense this season, right? And they need to go back to last week and go look at him. Walker was in. If Travis Homer's playing, this is a different looking game against the Seahawks, and you almost dropped that one against the Seahawks. 
Exactly. I, I mean, look, our run defense has been bad all year, and specifically against the AFC North. The AFC oh, North, just, they have had their way with whatever they want to do in the ground game. The season opener, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt had their way. Joe Mixon had his way. The Ravens, when they needed it, they got what they they got what they needed. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, so against the AFC North. That type of ball, that, that brand of football they play, we're not built for it. And it really tells you you're not really built for the long haul if you feel like you want to make the playoffs and make a playoff run because, dog, to simply not be able to stop the run, if teams look, I mean, like, when it get, when it, it's going to start getting colder, the weather's going to start getting worse, and teams are going to hand the ball off and rely on their running backs and their offensive line to get the job done. We don't have the front for it. I mean, honestly, you think about, I mean, Brian Burns, while he's while he's improved, he the one that he he always struggles with is seemingly setting the edge. And Toro Grosmato struggles with everything and de dealing with playing football. So there's so there's that. Derrick Brown's the only guy you have on the front that consistently can play the run well, but that's one guy. And I and I <laughs> helps, but he's a bit older up there, so you know creating that that pressure in the gap doesn't do a whole lot when you're trying when you over pursue or you miss a step because we saw that run that we needed on that third down, and then Ionis was back there, but he can't turn on a swivel that quickly to get to break up or even slow down that attack because we had a chance there at the end, but if you can't bring down the running attack, which we couldn't do all game, and and on the flip side of it. You know, maybe it's just something with maybe there's a reason Bozeman isn't in the North anymore because he had one of his worst games all year long. Yeah. And, and you know, in the Ravens, he faltered a little bit. And by the Bengals, I'm not even I'm trying to remember if he was implemented by that Bengals game. And I want to say he was. Maybe. And and that's of course that speaks nothing to the attack of the other teams rushing, but it speaks to you know Foreman not being able to get a push or not being able to get anything from Hubbard. We had Hubbard a lot this week. We saw most out of our Hubbard that I think we've seen. Like you said, I don't know where Blackshear was. I don't know why. You know, he's been making yeah. some flashes. The, the one thing I thought about early in that game, I was like, wow, clearly we can't, we, we, our, our interior run is not going to be there. So Hubbard and Blackshear are going to be the two guys that you make, a, you're going to have to get a, lot, a heavy dose of. And we never saw Blackshear once in that game as a running back. I, I think those, those are only two guys you have on this team that can, that can create pressure on the edges, get out there. I mean, I mean, Hubbard being a former track runner, you want to get him out there in space. Blackshear being the little lightning bolt he is, he 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 creates issues once once he gets out of the open space. Yeah, we just didn't do a good job of doing anything involving the, involving the ground game. I think Sam actually had one of his better passing days. Like as a quarterback, I was actually impressed with what Sam Donald did, and he kept a lot of drives alive and made a lot of, did a lot of good things in the passing game. But we clearly know that we don't have the quarterback or the passing attack to consistently beat teams over over the top and that's not what we want to do anyway like, like our strength is our ground attack but we keep we keep getting reality checks every time we think we're, we're turning the corner we keep getting reality checks that this roster still isn't where it needs to be and that there, and that we still have a lot of a, a lot of places that we need to fill and and need to improve in the offseason i think that's a, i mean i think that's a good thing i think it's good that we've gotten the wins that we've gotten i think it's good to know that we have positives on this roster we can build around but we know there's still a lot of work to be done oh absolutely and i think that's where like you know again the focus kind of got a bit ahead of people i think you're flying a bit too close to the sun and that's where wilts is saying he's like i don't want to hear playoffs said in this building because I, I don't think like everyone's talking how we can still with the bucks losing can still control our own destiny you did you see the way the Lions are playing against the jets you gotta go and, and beat detroit that's a good team. That's a good, that's a good team. team. Jamal Williams and DeAndre <laughs> Swift. Like, you got to make sure that you can stop that run. And then if CJ don't play, 
if CJ ain't playing and, and it's, it's Amon Ra, I mean, you know, that's all that it's just Amon Ra, but you know, they've got Jameson Williams is back. Oh, he's, God, he's, oh no. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, these are his first, this is his first NFL action, but I'd be afraid. I'd, I'd be afraid this may, I'd be afraid for our sake. This may be one of the games where, oh, this may be his coming out party. You know, and they're—I mean—they're—they're they're making a serious run for the playoffs right now. They're in playoff mode, like <laughs> for someone in the in the in the East, which with the Cowboys throwing it up against the Jags, I don't understand how that even is possible. You know, they're they're vying for a spot there, and we—you can do the you know the playoff machine, you can go through it, but I mean, look at—they two games back to back. I'm sorry, three games. They've got they they held their own with the Bills. They took down the Giants. They took down the Bears. They and then beat the Jags. They were only one point down from the Bills. Then they beat the Vikings by eleven, mind you. Mm. And then now they had you know, and the Jets aren't a bad team on defense either. That was a pretty that was a good game between the two of them. In this NFC, in this version of the of the NFC, there is not besides Philly, there is six other teams that are just kind of floating around. Minnesota is clearly not the, the Minnesota shows each and every week that they're not the. Their record says one thing, but we've seen another. Kind of like that, that Steelers team a few years ago that went 11 and 0, and we kind of knew we always do like, bro, this is a fraudulent bunch. Then everybody else from a, from a, from a, from that point on. I mean, you think look at Dallas; they've wet the bed a couple times. I mean, they had, they should have lost two games in a row to Houston and Jacksonville, but that's neither here nor there. The I, Eagles should have caught one up against the Bears, but I'm not. The, the, I mean, I, I, exactly what I'm saying. The the NFC doesn't have. Philly's been the most consistent, and they've been able to figure out how to win games consistently. That's what they have over everybody else. And they have a roster as far as talent-wise that I feel like is leaps and bounds, at least on the defensive side of the ball, better than everybody else. But it, but I'm, I'm not going to lie. I mean, any of these teams make it. That's why I'm not I'm not against making the playoffs because, I mean, if we got to play Dallas in that first round, there's a chance. There's a real like, there's a real chance for anybody that makes the playoffs. There's a real chance. But um, – because you're a wild card. I mean, what divisionally? I'd almost be more scared for us winning the division and having to host, like having to host somebody in that wild card who's trying. Because if it's the Lions, the Commanders, or the Giants, you know, or or, or the Cowboys, you know, the Cowboys would be the one that I would want to host at that of that four. Exactly, man. Like I, I mean, he's a, that's that's a tough game to go into. I mean, even if even with being the better team in Dallas, like you going on the road for a playoff game, that's tough. It's a playoff environment. That's tough. You got you got a group. I mean, once you're in the playoffs, bro, it's it's, it's a one game. It's single elimination. Anybody's got a chance. So I mean, I I want to make I want to make the playoffs because I want to see. Just I mean, just because once you're in there, all bets are off. Like everybody's got like no matter how you feel about matchups, everybody's got a chance to make it to that big game. But I mean, realistically, we got to do a lot more work internally before we can really consider ourselves getting getting anywhere close to the playoffs. I mean, just. From an offensive standpoint, I think, you know, again, we still have those reds. I mean, one and three is not great. And four for 11 on third downs is atrocious. We've been one of the worst third down teams since Matt Rule took over. And 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 McAdoo did not help that in the slightest. No. And that's where I'm like, okay, you can't come up with anything. Like, and I think the real, and the real issue, I think, not the real issue, but I think it's definitely a big a part of it. Because you can say what you will about tight ends in the NFL. But without the threat of a tight end either way, you're, you're just worrying about either they're going to run up this little, you know, this little cute little play, or they're going to throw it seven yards downfield with no one to take away from any zones. There's no zones that are getting broken up by having a tight end come out or having a running back come out of the backfield. I think this is where the issue of, you know, 
we talked about it beforehand. This is where you really find McCaffrey and Cam did have that big impact. And I know we didn't want it to all be through them, but this is this is the trade-off. You know, you 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 still obviously we didn't have great red zone efficiency with McCaffrey, but you know, at least in the in the latter part, but you at least knew you had that X factor. There's no X factor there. The fact that 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 that, that Darnold completed that pass to DJ was sheer was sheer just Wizardry. That was that was ridiculous. Well, I mean, one of the better plays he had. I mean, it's one of the better games I've seen him play as a as a professional. Honestly, I mean, he I, Donald made enough plays. I think that if you would have gotten a little more from your defense, yeah. But I, I mean, we're the fact that we're still having to to cover up for the fact that we don't trust him. And clearly the play calling shows that you don't trust him. And I don't think the playbook is very good either. Like I like none of what we run generally it makes me excited about watching this team each and every week. And that's a McAdoo issue. Well, I think he's well, I mean, honestly no, I, I well I agree with that. But I think you also have to think about does Darnold trust himself? I like obviously he does, but he's not trying to force the I mean, it's been very little forcing the ball downfield in his second time around, and that's where you see it. I mean when was the last time he threw an errant pick since he's gotten back up? You know, Bearded Darnell has just come in much more reserved. And that then creates where, like, you get these fizzled drives where we get down here. I mean, I think his biggest, you know, kind of play was on the busted coverage to, to Terrace Marshall, where that was a that was a prayer and a heave. And he was good to read that downfield. And Terrace was in the right spot at the right time. But there were some other plays he threw well. You know, there was one drive where he threw the ball well behind. I think it was Ian or Sullivan. Yeah. You need that play. Yeah, he still has his misses. Um, The one play that I really wish we could, we could have had back and maybe Terrence comes down this one, comes down with it, Uh, the pass interference to Cam, on, on Cam Sutton at the goal yeah. line. Like, I kind of like, if that's, if that's a better ball, Terrence is coming down with it. Terrence, for one, I will say this, though. Terrence showing – the big the the jump ball ability that we thought that's what he would be coming out of college and he's 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 shown it like hey like give me vertical let me get a chance in some one-on-ones and i can make the play great i said you gotta that needs to be something that as we keep going down the stretch of this because i mean i mean the one thing we can we can say is that detroit's defense isn't necessarily great so that is our that this is our opportunity here. Like, hey, if you want to get back to to, to to your you know to your roots of running the football, all right, this is the way to do it. If you want to, I think you you're gonna have to start showing and you can put the ball down the field a little bit vertically more. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, you got you got DJ going yesterday, great, but Terrace has to start being a, a force. Um, I thought Chenault would have been a bigger factor in yesterday's game, considering that you wanted to get out wide. You you were because you could you couldn't run in the interior. I thought Chenault being that pretty much extra running back on the field with how the type of style of receiver he plays. I thought he would have been a guy you would have wanted to get going more, but that didn't, I don't know what happened there, but he, he sat down for pretty much the majority of the game. And then did we just, did we just cut Higgins? Is he, is he even there? Is, is, like, I, I, at this point, bro, I, I will say at this point, I don't, I, I don't even know what his value is. Even this for us at this point, like I, I don't even know what he does. Well, I haven't seen him play all year. Like I, I just literally don't know. I, I, I don't. I, I think he could help us. I, I would have to. I would have to assume so. I mean, think about how young the receiving core is. Like think about Terrence Shaw. Terrence and Shaw are in their second year. Neither one of them played their rookie year. Like none. Chanel, I think he's in his third year. Thanks, yeah. But he's not a he's not a true receiver in the sense of route running and all of that. Higgins is the oldest guy in the room besides uh, DJ. And I- 
And I was hoping for that kind of, you know, that 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 um, Tory Smith or that kind of Jericho Cotchery kind of just you know, not that he ever is even close to them in their careers and at that point in time, but like some sort of veteran presence to just have someone extra there because the thing is our receivers are just they're the pre- problem we can't push a ball down field is because the cornerbacks are just they're they're taking their time. DJ's a good route runner, we know this, but he's getting in this he's in this you know this pigeonhole of. He hasn't been able to do anything all year. He hasn't been targeted, so he's trying to just do whatever he can. So I don't think he is, you know, I think he's a little bit frazzled up here. Terrence, I just I don't know if he's fast enough to get away from a receiver that quickly from you the know first, what, first five yards. You know what I think though? Because I mean passing offense has struggled all year. Even when we had Robbie and all of those cats, and that I'll keep saying that there's no reason this offense should struggle this back, considering I seen what his offense looked like in year one of Joe Brady. Yeah. It's capable with this group. It's capable of getting, of having some flair and being able to pass the ball. It has it has this moment where it kind of lulls and it kind of just goes dead for a while. But it has, but it has had a lot more good moments than it did bad. I honestly think McAdoo is just maybe the worst play call I've seen. And so we were having this discussion last week, and I think you you were listening into it, and it begs a similar question because we know Wilkes. He's trying to win, but he's not trying to force wins to get to the playoffs, I think. I think he's still trying to make it to where he's still vying for a job. Do we think in those moments, those field goal situations, okay, do we go for it? Do we kick a field goal? Do we think Wilkes is talking enough, or is he just letting McAdoo say, all right, you, you want to go – or is he making those final decisions to kick those field goals? Um, That one, I, that one, I just – I just don't know. I think that may have been. I think that may have been a worst decision. That I think when it comes down to what what they're gonna do on on a fourth down and a, and a, at a critical moment, I think that I think that is gonna come down to Wilkes giving the AOK to McAdoo like, hey, look, give me your best play call. We'll roll with it. Um, but in that moment, I can see Wilkes saying, just kick the kick the field goal because we gotta get we gotta get on the board. We gotta get, we gotta get ourselves get ourselves a chance. And if we don't score here. Then we this game is essentially over because we haven't figured out how to get into it. We can't we can't score from the one. We're not gonna score it at all. And then, I mean, and that game get, did get extended to the point where you had a chance at the end if you get. I mean, you had you got to tell third and fourteen. You got to be able to get off the field right there. Get off the field right there. It's a one score game. You can then go down the field and go and, and, and try to go score it and tie it up. So I think how they played it wasn't wrong. It's just it's it's a matter of like. That, that that the field goal to, to put ten instead of seven on the put ten ten points instead of going maybe getting fourteen was just like let's extend this game as long as we can and we and if we miss here it's over. And I will say it was one of the more prettier uh, the prettier uh, utilized onside kicks I had seen. It almost worked. Had a chance. Like I mean, you had chances. That's the thing. Like like we'll go back and look at this game and say, look. There was a chance at plenty of more, at plenty of spots where we could have gotten it. We could have got the job done, but we just didn't make enough plays. We we couldn't get out the we couldn't get couldn't get out the field. Didn't make one didn't make one or two more um, offensive plays to get ourselves into the end zone. We, like we, we we just couldn't get it done. We just simply got out coached at the end of the day, like you said earlier. And I think the biggest issue, though, is, of course, the offensive inconsistencies aside, as a defense, like we have not been the best at drawing four and outs and of course we didn't i again i was upset about the aggression levels i mean to try to you know throw trubisky off on his heels he's coming in already not in the best spot and what he's trying to do and again for me to not even throw off the ability of trying to put together some sort of blitz package some sort of pressure and just something to get them off the field that because they had their they had their we had one sack 
one sack, and that was it. And you're going up against Mitch Trubisky, and you can't make it out. And that's where I get upset because this is a game where turnovers you should try to create. Deontay Johnson is a number one on that team. Not a number one in pretty much any other team, except he might might battle out for the Panthers, but I don't think he would be. You know, yeah. maybe the Titans he would be a number one. But I yeah, he be, he be George Pickens. George Pickens is young and 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 volatile. He'll make dumb decisions if you get him pissed off. We've yeah. seen that happen. We saw it when he played in college. We see it here. So that's where I'm like, I understand you didn't have CJ, so you're feeling a little. You know, the the depth is not necessarily there, but just to try to make some sort of impact and try to have some sort of pressure and to get off the field. Cause the killer, the time of possession, you look at it is pretty even up except for 11 minutes, which is again, that could be okay. Well, they had the ball in more minutes and that's all well and good, except for when those 11 minutes come on one drive to start the third quarter, they scored with three and a half minutes left in the third. And that was the end of it. That is unheard of. And ridiculous. And it's not like there were these crazy penalties to, you know, give them an extra set of downs. They just – it was just they four plays. You. They just beat you. They just walked down the field. It was one of those games. I, I don't know if we said it here yet. I know we talked about it, to say it in pre-show. But we watched the first drive, and you're like, damn. I know what this is about to be. I know exactly what this is about to look like. And, and, and they walked you down. They, they straight up walked you down. I mean, and it's surprising because of – I've watched this still team. They struggle pass blocking for the majority. I thought if anything, if we could put them in pass and and, and mandatory passing situation, we would have a chance. And you and you did, but what you had to do, but but we tried, we got way too aggressive. In the in the obvious passing situation, we wanted to blitz everybody. I'm like, fam, we don't have the depth in the back end right now. The only guy you have back there that is that I trust in a one-on-one is JC Horn. That's it. Chin, I don't want I don't chin nowhere near one on man to man coverage. I keep Taylor I like and I and I know he had a rough day. I know people are on his on his head because of the day he had yesterday. I think he's a good young corner. But I think that we didn't put him in position yesterday to succeed. We were expect that the third and fourteen, that's a play you expect your that's a all you expect a top end Corner that made that play, a guy you're paying a lot of money to. Maybe not the, maybe not a fifth round pick. Maybe maybe not the, maybe not my 2021 fifth round pick is should be expected to make that play. Maybe we should give him some help in the back end. How about not taking Xavier Woods, who's your better, who's your best coverage safety, out of coverage and have him blitzing off the edge? He does me no good. Freaking blitzing. We've asked for Chin to blitz a chin to blitz all year long because that's what we knew made him such a dynamic threat. It's to the point now where I'm like. We might need another free safety. We might need another free safety to come back in because, you know, Burris helps with the depth when he can. Woods yeah. has been serviceable. He's not – I mean, he's dropped again a couple of those picks where if he had those picks, we would be re-signing him tomorrow. Sam Woods would be an all-pro today if he stopped dropping picks. And some of them are not – and they're not. And the problem is they're not even in entirely dire situations. Like some of them were, but like a lot of them were just like, just get the pick just to have the stat. Like pad we, your stats. We needed one. It was one that Shaq Thompson could have got. I and that's been a great play. Oh, that one hurt me so much. Because we needed it. We need. I, I knew in that game, like, bro, we need one of those picks in the worst way. And defensively last week, that's what you got. If JC doesn't get that pick and start that game off, maybe that game could that game probably goes a lot differently. We probably you probably lose that game if you don't get that pick. Because you then you went right back down the score. You took advantage of it right away. I mean, like you needed 
one of those. And I know people, I know people were missing Dante Jackson yesterday. I'm like, bro, don't you, you don't miss Dante Jackson. I, I, I miss him because I want him to be back healthy and everything. But you don't miss Dante Jackson because the same play that John, that, that Keith Taylor got beat on the third and fourteen, Dante Jackson still getting beat right there too. But see, but see, but see I, I believe that probably would have happened. But for me, at least, because th- didn't we learn this the first time around when Dante got burned by 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 a or AB the first time around? That this was the first Steelers game. You have your number three, your third round pick going up against AB when you should be putting James Bradbury on AB and not putting Dante up against the number one receiver in the NFL at that time. And he set him up for failure. And expecting that to go well, so then turn around and do the exact same thing. So the only reason I wanted to see that was to see that there was some sort of growth in Dante. To like to, to let him at least try to redeem himself. Not that he is warranting in a redemption story, but like we're pay, we paid him this money, so I'd like to see that he could at least you know right the wrongs of, of, of Christmas past to say, hey, I can actually cover a a receiver in black and gold and make a big play when I need to. It, how much do we miss having Stephon Gilmore right now? I said it. I said it before. And, 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 and I think that if we were in that time frame, and I'm honestly a little scared, I don't think Tepper would be as volatile to do it because he's, he's ridden with people for so long. But the, the way that the money was handled in retrospect and people already, I mean, even in the moment, people had issues. And I, I tried to give the benefit of the doubt as to why we couldn't put that money that way. Hassan's going to ask for two I, I did. I tried to do the same thing, too. I say maybe we couldn't give it and maybe he didn't just didn't want to come be around losing culture. Which was, you know, which again I could very well see, considering that he's a guy that's still in his prime. He's still playing top ten cornerback football right now. But then the arguments can be made. Did he think going in that Indianapolis was going to be going to win in culture? Like, in the, you know, Jonathan Taylor injury aside, did you really think Matt Ryan was the? Did he really look at his guys and go, Matt Ryan's the one that's going to take this team to a Super Bowl? I, now, don't get me wrong, the defense of the Colts is still, you know when it has its cards right of a top defense, but it's obviously faltered a little bit. I mean, this was what I was saying from the get-go. I don't understand why you thought that getting rid of Gilmore. I understood it with Reddick. I understood it with Reddick because you you had Burns, you you bring in you, you still Haynes was serviceable. Your front four I knew it was still gonna create some pressure. You know, you tur- we couldn't have predicted that your tur- was gonna be as dog water as he's been. Like even even with everything, like, I thought that he was at least going to come through and some show some sort of semblance. Like maybe, like maybe five sacks. Bro. That's all. Like, maybe like, three at this point. My goodness, like, like, we, just, we we had low expectations, but Jesus Christ, my God! And, and and so I don't know what you expected when you got rid of like you have a young frick, and, and like you didn't need to give Dante that money. He could have gotten a much smaller deal. He was not deserving of a higher deal. And so I think what I was saying is that. You know, I don't think he'll be. It'll be that that rash, but those decisions and the way he handled that money, especially on the defensive side of the ball, could be likened to a mistake of AJ Brown. You know, letting him go and could be a a, a jeopardizing offense for Fitterer if he didn't have these other cards on the table. For me, just like I just don't know what you thought was going to happen. And for when we when the fans and the team have been clamoring for a good defensive back play, and you finally get JC to compliment Stefan. That was the biggest thing. And you you brought him in when you brought him in, everyone was like, Oh my God, we got CJ Henderson and Stefan Gilmore in what? Like two weeks. Yeah. And yeah. The, biggest, the biggest part about that was okay. CJ is young, needs guidance, needs to be taught to play. Well, needs to get that brought out of him. Having Wilkes there as well was already big enough. You bring Wilkes back. Okay. This is going to be, this is going to go well. Having JC 
And I mean, JC literally could play like a carbon copy of, of Gilmore. Like that was what I was hoping for. And to go, okay, we don't, and, and they, and he loves the Carolinas. I understand he didn't know if rule was going to be gone or not. And he might not have wanted to stick with rule. And so you might get a pass in that regard, but I think it's a huge, huge issue because other than one play, he was still on top of Justin Jefferson for a good amount of that game. And that the guy who should be, in my opinion, the MVP candidate of the league, in yes. my opinion. So I feel I feel the exact same, bro. I feel the exact same. I mean, I, I mean, all you can do is wonder because looking at JC now, and I, and I know people that uh, we we have this argument on Twitter every day. It is this internal argument about the number eight pick, and I understand because we were there, and there's live footage of our reaction when we took <laughs> JC instead of Justin Fields. <laughs> what? It was mind blowing. But let's be clear. JC Horn has loved up to that number eight pick in every way, shape, or form. Like he, he's. They, would you like him to travel a little bit more? Yesterday, I don't think it would have helped you because it was, it was, it was a, it was a, it was a damn if you do, damn if you don't. Because if you don't have, if you got Taylor on Pickens, I think Pickens is the one they go after. If you got Taylor, you got Taylor on on, on Johnson. That's who they're going after. It was, it was a really a, a matter of matchups. And even when I was doing the breakdown going into the game, I was like, JC versus Pickens. Because size and stature-wise, it makes the most sense. Pickens is a great jump ball threat. JC is a great one-on-one. Makes makes the most sense. And I wanted Henderson on Johnson because of size, quickness, how how those guys move. Makes the most sense there. I didn't I didn't I didn't expect that Henderson wasn't going to play. But if I had Gilmore on the other side of JC Horn right now, good lord, what what Philly has with Darius Slay and James Bradbury, which is beautiful, we would have that. We would have that. In, it, it, it would be exactly that. That's, that. Those are two alpha lockdown corners. Like those are true lockdown guys. And there's not a matchup we don't. I don't think we can win because if I because that means I if that means I get to have C.J. Henderson in the slot. It means I get to have maybe D, Dante Jackson in the slot. And I like my chances against everybody at that point because you're number one and two. Unless you're gonna move them around, and I like I, I like what we can do. Because you don't want to say that a corner – I completely agree. Because you don't want to say a cornerback has been drafted with slot intentions in mind. You, but you also don't want to slot shame him because that's where you need help in that regard. And and, and Dante would thrive in the slot. And and I, I, when I when we when we drafted him, I was looking at the tape and going, okay, this is, this is a slot cornerback. Like in, the, that's in college – That's college, what I thought. In college he can be, yeah, you're red, you're, you're red, you're, you're, you're red route cornerback. But in, in the NFL, the guys he's going up against – You need him in the slot for like, sure. He just doesn't have the build and and the you know presence that you have to be and press up there on the front. He can be there and he's slippery and crafty to where you're gonna forget about him in that in those in those short yarded scenarios. And that's where, especially with his tackling ability, especially with the way he can break down field, where you need him to call, hey, it's a run now, he's gonna crack down. We've seen him do that time and time again. And his willingness to go get the football, which is something we haven't had in this in the Panthers secondary and Jesus Christ ever. Honestly, in our history, we are our, our, most of our number one corners besides Norman. In fact, we can we go through all our number one corners. Gamble wasn't a Gamble wasn't a guy that necessarily tried to go get the ball. Gamble was just in the right position all the time. Gamble was a great technician. Yeah, no, I think Gamble was Gamble was a great technician. He was going to find himself in position, but he wasn't a guy that was just breaking to try to go get the ball. Norman and Jackson have been the only two guys I've seen in Panthers history that try to go get picks. Like that's their game. And the problem is Dante was doing it from the wideout position when if you go for the ball, there's no one behind you, you're screwed. Coming out from the – and that's where – I mean, because we all know with Norman, 
there were times when that was a 50-50 ball, the Jacksonville game and the Bucks game, he had he he broke on the ball in a short yardage route like a true slot cornerback and made big plays. But, you know, he would do that. We, the, you know, his best play was that Saints play where he got that stretched out pick. But the reason he was in the position where he had to stretch out literally all the way is because he had gotten burned on that play. People are quick to forget. He had gotten burned on that play and had to make the acrobatic dive to get that catch. Absolutely. That ball was underthrown too, by the way. Which it was. Remember, it wasn't Drew Brees. It was, it was who was McCown? it? I think it was McCown. Shout out Josh McCown. <laughs> Josh McCown walked so that Ryan Fitzpatrick could run. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Golly. Two guys that had a career that should not have lasted as long as they did. And could have, you know, a laundry list of jerseys for different teams. I want to have someone who does that, though, who plays for every single team and doesn't retire until they play for – I don't know who's played for the most teams. Josh Johnson. Oh, that's right. I forgot. He he played for like 16. Because who did he just sign with? Who did he just – San Francisco. That's right, yes. I think this is like his second or third stint in San Francisco, though. So that's one thing. The problem is that, you know, there's never the, the scenarios that have had to be created for you to be desired by every team. Obviously, you can't just walk on every team, but I'd like to see yeah. someone to get every all 32 teams. Yeah, yeah. I, I was this this year is just weird because, I mean, honestly, if we handled the offseason differently and if they would have done if they if they would have did what we asked, which was, well, there's quarterbacks on the market. And we gotta be, we gotta start being realistic about who's actually good at what, and what we actually need to actually help us win. And if we wanted, if we wanted to keep everybody in place, there was one option that made the most sense. But of course, of course, I'm not gonna say it. But we, we, we know the situation that we could have been in that could have made that would have made the most sense. But I will say, there's still time to make up for it. Because the off season is almost yeah. here, <laughs> and chances are it's fifty fifty whether we make the playoffs or not. So we can, I mean, the opportunity to fix it is there because I don't think there's a quarterback that's saving you this year anyway. Like unless you get one of the two, there ain't a quarterback in this draft that's saving you this year, and you can still fill this roster out well enough. I mean, you know, you know what you have to fix. You're gonna to have to get better on in the interior, and this is why another reason too. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I, I would love Jalen Carter with how our run defense looks. I would love Jalen Carter beside Derrick Brown. Boy, oh boy. Yeah, yeah. No, I would. I would. I mean, because here's the thing: you don't have the. And then I was gonna people, you're really gonna give up on quarterback again, but like we, like we don't have the issue with the fields. Year, if I'm not mistaken, was the amount of draft picks that we had in that season. Yeah. I can't remember if that was our full thread year or not, or if we had – no, because that was this year. We had too many – we didn't have enough, any picks this year, right? We had the four picks we, this year. Yeah, we had the four picks, and we had to trade McCaffrey to get most of those back. Yeah. No, I mean, I would I would take Carter. I would I would do that. I think that you're going to get, again, the people that – you're really going to wait another year for quarterback, but, like I – mean, Who's sitting there? Who I mean, who, who who's going to be sitting there is, is going to be the question. And, I mean, now, Levis – now, for some reason – Levis is going to be the thorn in my side, right? And I don't know how we're going to avoid getting him. How many times, how many times, how many times do we have to draft a, 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 a freaking, you know, up to this point, a Jared Goff, a Carson Wentz? How many times do these guys have to get so highly touted that, like, 
and I'm not going to bring it into it, but I think there's a clear and present opinion when you have, you know, Justin Fields playing one of his best se- his best season ever and literally changing the way he's played football to the same level that Josh Allen did when he restructured. But who have we been talking about for the last three weeks? Brock Purdy somehow is the second coming of, of, of Aaron Rodgers. And there's a, there's a reason for it. So I don't understand what these quarterbacks do. How many times do we have to hurt ourselves? How many times do we have to keep doing this where we go to – we've seen Will Levis seven times already in the last ten years. We've seen it. Yeah. I, I, I can point out to you five Will Levises. Levi. Bye. Levi. Uh, uh, <laughs> Man, I've been trying to keep an open opinion about Will Levis just because I, I want to keep it strictly football. Because because I want I, I want to believe that maybe I'm not seeing something that I, that I didn't like. I remember Justin Herbert came out and like and and really what I saw was the college tape and really they were they were playing a West Coast style when he should have been in a he he should have been an actual spread style where he could launch it and get in and and and, and throw the ball across the yard. And so I, I want to say maybe am I making that mistake? Maybe was it a coaching thing? Maybe it was it a talent thing at Kentucky? Because I mean, no matter how we feel about Kentucky, I mean, it's not, there's not a plethora of receiver talent at Kentucky. And maybe it's one of the things where it's like, all right, he he was playing, he was the best player on a mediocre team that when they played against good competition, he just didn't like, he he just couldn't, he couldn't, you know, elevate. It. I I want to I want to say that, but. There's no reason to me for a guy that's older than Anthony Richardson and with kind of the same issues. Why would I take him? Why? I don't know. Like, I mean, if you feel like he, maybe he'd be more ready, like more more ready. How he still needs to? He needs the same work that Richardson needs. And if that's the case, then just, you know, just give me Richardson and let me call it a day. And there's some other guys like there's there's one other guy that I that I saw his name swirling around. I watched him a lot during the season. And if and if we didn't take a quarterback to start out with. I would say Dorian Thompson Robinson out of UCLA. You know what? You know what? I did. I, I watched his tape, and I was. I, I. The problem is, it gets. It gets you very. The 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 pool there. Is, uh, is, is, is there you have those issues. You know yeah. where it's not a, a, a. It's a risk, absolutely, and you get the same. You know, um, you get the same risks that you saw in the past, and I think it's kind of why guys like Desmond Ritter fall down the board because, again, it's a a, a label put on these guys when you have this because you don't know how it's going to pan out. But I watched his tape with a team like that, and especially in that West Coast kind of you know offense out there. But I mean, I think if you look at Caleb Williams and you're looking at him too, it's I mean it's it's a it's not a, it's obviously a one of the two, but. You know, it's like I mean, it, who who else is out there? Who who else was I thinking about? Oh, it was a, it was another it's another it's another name I had in mind. Um, I, the issue with with DTR is that I I I don't know how much better he would be than Matt Corral, and that's where and that's why I was I'm like, well, if we drafted him, we might as well just let Corral shoot it, get a crack at this thing, and just call it a day. Like I at that, at this point, like we like we might as well just let Corral have a crack at it and just go from there and just and, and maybe see how well, see how that works. I make the same argument about Will Levis. Then if you're gonna I, get Will Levis, I would too. Put, like, then just swing with Corral. Yeah, and that's the same way I feel too. I mean, I know I feel that way pretty much. I pretty much about every rookie except besides the top two, which is Stroud and Young. Like those two are just gonna be my guys, honestly. 
And I mean, and, and we'll see. I mean, we'll see. I'll get. I mean, Karai's gonna have a chance. And hopefully, if he can be my backup, and maybe if he can develop, then then great. So be it. But besides those two, everybody else, we 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 gotta battle this out in camp. We gotta see something. That's what I'm saying. I just I can't I can't keep swinging with it. And I've fallen off the Lamar train. I don't think that is something that's gonna be feasible. It's not anything that I really want to put my money to, especially if Fitter is gonna put all of his eggs in one basket and we have to cut other contracts to make up for the fact that we gotta get him. I don't want to do that because we're running on we're running on thin ice as it is. These are very formative years, and that's the only stipulation I've had when making the playoffs is that you know. You need to get some of these picks to try to build up that depth because as far as depth goes, we clearly have seen that we are not – we we know that we, we do not have not have the depth in any position, really. I mean, the only one, ironically enough, you could say we have at least some sort of depth in would be, I guess, our offensive line because you at least have, you know, some guys there that they're not going to be your every-down guys, but they can come in, I guess, for a play or two and, and at least make, you know, and, and make a good play. Because it's such a small, you know, the margin of error is it isn't as big to be as effective when they're having to come in. But I don't want to give up, blow up the bank. And I know people are like, well, why are you going to wait? You know, wait again for quarterback. Well, my response to that is, why do you want again go for a quarterback who is a heads or tails the flip decision when we still have so much up in the air about who your offensive coordinator is going to be, who your head coach is going to be, and when we still have these other positions of need, would it be? Would it make? Would you want to continue this quarterback carousel till we finally get the right one? Yeah, I you know a lot, a lot of the issue that I have, man, is gonna be what's gonna happen with the head coaching decision. Like that's gonna tell me, that's gonna tell me a lot of what we're a, a lot about what the, the direction we're gonna head in, and not knowing that right now is and, and and that we really have to let this thing play out. These next three weeks are critical. Now the one thing I'm happy about is that Wilkes has worked himself into a spot where he's in control of his own destiny. And he's got a chance to control what happens here. When the next three, then I'm not good. There, there ain't a way. There ain't no way they could pop. They could, they could plausibly tell me you're not the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Um, lose. Uh, I mean, make go one and two down the stretch. Then it's up. It's up in the air. I would still consider he would be in heavy consideration, but obviously we would have you know looking around would would would, would not be out of the question. And you probably start looking at some of the older candidates. Um, but uh, but to but to be, be to be but to be completely honest, we have one of the best head coaching candidates in the league coaching our team right now. And I said I think I said it a, a few weeks ago when me and Brock were on the episode. Like, don't give Wolf's his head coaching gig, and he's gonna be a head coach somewhere else. Don't oh. think other teams aren't looking. Like you, you you teams are looking at what's going on here and saying, oh well, that team was dead in the water when he took it over, and they've been. They've been um, teetering on the brink of. They've been teetering on the brink of mediocrity ever since Matt Rule has been there. He was able to get this team close to the cusp of success and making the playoffs. Already got you the five wins that you had totaled up in your last two seasons. If he gets you to seven, meaning he won six of those with that roster and the coaching staff he didn't pick, then I mean, I mean, I'm telling you, there, there's there's going to be a team that's going to make that's going to make a play for Steve Wilkes. Don't. Don't be fooled and don't get too caught up in the hype. Unless it's one of the guys that you see, like like a D'Amico Ryan. If it's D'Amico Ryan and Steve Wilkes, then I can see maybe leaning towards the D'Amico Ryan because of what he's done with that defense in San Fran. There ain't a whole lot of great can. There ain't a whole lot of candidates out there. That I just feel like that a surefire is over Steve Wilkes. Like Dorsey's still a guy that needs that I think needs more time as an OC before he gets the head coaching gig. Because I mean, even right now we're watching him coach with a generational talent at quarterback and. 
he's still growing in his position. That team is 11-3, but they have had moments where they've slipped and they've kind of they've kind of had these laws of of just not knowing who they were not not knowing who they are offensively. So I mean, I think there's still a lot of a, a lot of things to work out, but I mean, the biggest question for me is whoever the next head coach is going to be is going to tell me a lot about what we're going to do moving forward with this team as far as philosophy goes. And that's where my issue again has been with quarterback. I mean, we act and these been you know, they act like we haven't drafted a quarterback or you know, haven't like prioritized quarterback. We've drafted what, two quarterbacks in the last 5 years in Will Greer and and Will and and Will Greer and, yeah. and, and and Matt Corral. I mean, that's and then signed what four signed four quarterbacks. Yep. <laughs> and so I agree with you. I think it, it, it's it, it comes down to that, and that's where I hope the decision is made before draft. Like it better be made, you know, February third. It better be made the minute that season wraps up, so that you can get going and hit the ground running, and then go off from there, because that's going to tell you a lot about it. And whether it's head coach or something, Tepper better be sending him gift baskets every week and trying to sweeten the deal with maybe, you know, because your best case, your you know, your best case scenario is him at head coach. Second best is him at a defensive coordinator position with somebody else at the helm who can play off of him. And I mean, if Wilkes leaves the building, that's again, like I said, the one of the biggest mistakes Tepper has made in his tenure here, and that is saying something. That is scary, bro. I mean, I, I guess the the best case scenario I can think of is Frank Rock as the head coach. And Wilkes has the DC, or Wilkes has the head coach, or Frank Reich has the OC. That one I'll give it to. You. I just don't understand the hype around Frank Reich. I really don't. I really don't. I mean, I get it. I get it with guys like Carson Wentz and 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 you know and and whoever they had at the helm, they were able to make a, t- a run. But it's also a run in the AFC South, where the only competitive team was the Titans, and that's still good for a win at least once or twice against them. <laughs> So I just, I just I don't I'm sorry I don't play the Frank Reich I really don't. I guess the only guy the only guy I'm really I only guy I'm really in love with is D'Amico Ryan's. And the problem is and, then you have two defensive minded coaches. Yeah, I, I, but I, I I will say there's a part of you know I think everybody's so caught up in the trend of hiring young offensive coaches, which I, I think is has been proven that it's not it's not a guarantee. It's not it's not a guarantee hit. No. Shanahan works, McVay works, but let's be real, they've come from they there are two apples that came from the same tree. Yeah. Like let's keep let's keep that in mind. I mean, unless you're picking somebody off of one of their staffs. Which you're not. Yeah, that well, I mean Ryan's you would be technically like in a sense yeah, of yeah. I mean honestly, I don't think a double defensive I mean it worked with Rivera and Wilkes before, it worked with Rivera and McDermott before. So I don't really understand why you would not have it where Ryan I I take Ryan's and and Wilkes at at DC, at head coach in DC. What's the thing about the Ryan? The thing about the Wilkes and the McDermott thing is this, right? So I thought about it. I thought about it earlier. Then I'm like, who is to say that one? If you give Wilkes a situation where he's making all the decisions, and it's not and it's not a, a ownership telling him where to go and how and and and, where, and who to pick because he was gonna he wanted Josh Allen during that draft. Not Josh Rosen. That changes the end. Do we not understand how that alters history? A lot for a lot of people, McDermott included. <laughs> like, he'd be out. Like, he he'd probably be out of a job right now. But what it does tell me, and what McDermott's done, tells me that hey, look, we saw what happened with Cam here in Carolina. We saw that we saw the mistakes that happened. We are going to be adamant about rectifying those mistakes. I know Will Levis and, and AR would probably be the two guys that w- Wilkes would look at, but I have a feeling that 
the the same mistakes will not be made. Well, one, he's got he's got some receivers already, but you know, there's still more talent you can go get. Defensively, I know Wilkes knows what the what the ills of this defense is. I trust him to be the guy to fill those voids. Like if like if it's a guy, if you're just talking about guys I trust. Like, is there a whole need for an overhaul and and philosophy? Not really. There is a whole, there there is a need for overhaul and talent in certain in certain in certain areas. Which I think that if anybody knows how, if anybody knows how it's supposed to look, it's him. Absolutely. And so uh, uh, again, we'll we'll see, we'll see. I, I like I said, I'm still like e- e- even with the loss yet, yeah, even with the loss on Sunday. There isn't too many candidates I just necessarily love over Steve Wilkes. And he's in my top five for sure when it comes down to who needs to fill this job. I, I agree. And like I said, and this, and this week will be very telling. You know, this line, bring it, the line's coming back into the bank. You want to protect the bank. You want to say all that. You want to do all that. It's a, this is the week you do it. This is your statement week because going to, going to Tampa Bay, going to New Orleans, those are, those are, those are tosses. That could go – I could go one way or the other. You handled them both – here in the bank, but those were in two very different situations that this team was in. Obviously, it was Wilkes' first game. There's a lot of different things going on with that. And then Saints were the only, for some reason, the only team that Matt Rule could ever beat was the Saints at home for whatever reason, uh, two years in a row. So I don't know how that would go. You know, that's a toss up because obviously they're not playing a great brand of football right now. Uh, but this this Lions game is pretty much your season right here, I, I would say. I, I'm not caring about the play. I mean, it's a playoff game for me. Yeah, uh, uh, definitely a playoff game. Like I said, I, I said my concern isn't really with the with the playoffs. Like Wilk said, it's not even with the playoffs. It, it's it's a matter of how do you respond off of that? You know, off of something like that. Like they like this team has had to respond a lot. It, but but like if you're really making a push to be the head coach, how does this team respond in in in, in this sense? And, and and it'll tell me a lot about whether it, whether this team can turn the corner or not. I mean, like like they had the opportunities and they and they missed them, but. That there's still football to be played. Like either way, the game the games have to be played. You know, there's three games left, and there's three opportunities to to prove to prove yourself. Not even thinking about playoffs. It's simply can we can we be better than the week before, and can we fix our can can we fix our mistakes? Can we get can we rectify the things that we've done wrong? And again, it, I, I, I'm excited for the opportunity that these guys have to go out and prove and it's it, it, it still show and prove to everybody that hey, look. We're a team that's what that's that's going to compete for you. We're a team that can play hard for you, and we can and and, and if we get and if we we can, we're closer to fixing this thing than what a, what a lot of people may think. That's the, that's kind of what the message I need to be saying. Like we're we're closer to fixing this thing than what we thought coming into the year. And all you got to do to get it going is keep pounding. 